Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. The only place to read your emails and tweets. Wednesday, April 8th, we got the whole crew calling in. Once again, I'm Jay Skeets. Alongside me, as always, through the power of technology, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-yo. Hey-yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. (laughs) Last but not least, making this magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Thanks to everybody who sent in your questions over the last week or so. Keep them coming. Don't be afraid. Email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. Use that hashtag no dunks. Before we get into the questions, we dropped a bonus podcast last night, late last night on a Tuesday. Lee talked with cricket mega fan Rob Moody about his insane VHS and DVD collection of old cricket games, and you guys got into Aussie cricket and something called runouts. You guys were just geeking out hard there, <laughs> Lee. How how'd that go for you? I finally got a cricket podcast done. I couldn't actually believe this was going to happen, you know, but uh, during quarantine, anything goes really. So I thought it went pretty well. And, uh, and now I'm starting to think about another idea for a cricket podcast. So, uh, so stick around, guys. There might be some more to this. Yes, go check that out. Uh, a one-on-one Lee talking to NBA cricket folk hero, really, Rob Moody, because this guy has this insane collection and he's been posting all these clips and people love it. Did you say, I, I've only listened to the first part of it so far, Lee, did you say... This guy has like a billion views on YouTube. Did I hear nearly. that? Nearly, yeah, nearly, yeah. He's, My I think God. he's around eight hundred million right now on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, so that just shows like he's uh, he's got quite a following. And I don't know if he got to the part or not yet, but some former players have been DMing him try, trying to get highlights of themselves when they were playing. So <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, yeah. So go check out that podcast, and I, and if you like it, let us know because I guess there's more on the way. All right, we are turning into a full blown cricket podcast. All right, let's get to the questions though. We got another good batch here. Yeah, first one. Hey, Duncan Doers. If we had to give out an MVP award solely based on the time since the NBA has been suspended, who would you give it to? LeBron has been all over social media and TikTok during this quarantine. But if we expand it to retired NBA players, I might lean more towards Richard Jefferson or even DJ Diesel. That's Thatcher in New Hampshire with that email anybody been spending time on tiktok during this quarantine (laughs) not really though i find like a lot of tiktok videos sort of make their way to other platforms like social media platforms that i do follow right so like tiktok videos going to instagram or twitter so i guess i sort of have been um i'll answer first there, there are a ton to pick from, I'd say, especially people doing, like, really good work and raising tons of money, like Myers Leonard and lots of guys in the NBA are, are just, you know, going all out to try and raise money for people affected by the coronavirus. But to keep it sort of silly here, especially with the first question, my MVP, I'm going to give it to Paul Millsap. 
This guy is transformed. I don't know if you've been watching into like a TikTok magician. He's what? making like yeah, he's like making coins and toothpicks disappear. And he had this crazy one where he like <laughs> sort of had candies falling out of a Kleenex box. Like he's taken up magic tricks, which is I don't know, just hilarious for any NBA player, but especially a guy like Paul Millsap, who I think it's fair to say we all thought was pretty like you know no nonsense, pretty even keeled. <laughs> he's a little older. Um, but yeah, he's like, he's like really dug into the magic game and, uh, I'm inspired. I want to like, uh, obviously I've been fortunate cause I sort of live in the same complex as Trey. I still see Trey a lot and see your kids and your daughter Trey is always asking me cause I showed her the old thumb move where you can take your thumb off Oh yeah, <laughs> and she, it, you know, it blew your kids' minds. So now your daughter's like, oh, do you know any more tricks? Can you learn more tricks? Can you learn some card tricks and magic tricks? And I'm like, oh my God, so much pressure, but Paul Millsap's inspired me here. Yeah, it sounds like you just got to enroll in the Millsap Magic Academy, watch a few of these TikTok videos, and really pick up what's going on. These kids are easily fooled. I mean, yeah. I'm acting like I'm pulling things out of their ears that wouldn't even fit in their ears. Come yeah. on, you fools. Uh, but yeah, Paul Millsap. Um, I don't know that he would have been one of the first hundred players I picked to be no. learning magic during the I quarantine, know. but I suppose it's a good hobby. Where else he's... are you going to work on your sleight of hand skills? Yeah, and he's not just doing the magic tricks. Like, he's, he's really really silly again for a guy like Paul Millsap he's like dancing with his daughter in those classic like TikTok music dancing videos and he's climbing around on playground equipment he's playing video games he's just uh he's been a delight so I'm giving my MVP to Paul Millsap is he so good that we're going to be calling him Magic Millsap when the season comes back I hope so yeah uh, you can already see like his 80s style poster you know Millsap the magician or something Mm, like that you know pulling tricks out of his hat (laughs) Like, that'd be a great one for him. But I thought we were tapped out of social media as far as, you know, we had Snapchat and we had Instagram stories and obviously, you know, tweet videos. But TikTok's come along and it's actually, you know, it's a new thing and everyone's getting into it. I mean, LeBron James and his whole family were doing a choreographed dance that looked really well. So, I mean, it's a, it's a new thing. I'm not going to get into TikTok. I don't, I don't care how long we're in quarantine for. I'm happy to see those videos, but... You won't see me signing up for it or uh, creating an account. Just because, what, you're a man of principle? What, what, what? Nah, nah, there's just too many. There's too many other okay. things out there okay. now. So I'm happy for everyone else to adopt it, but uh, it won't be for me. But wait, well done to Paul Millsap. You're right. I, I, if you, <laughs> well if you, Honestly, if you'd told me you know, to pick every player in the NBA, he would have probably been some, one of the last ones I thought would have gotten into it. Because I don't remember ever seeing a tweet or an Instagram post or anything from Paul Millsap, you know? I know. <laughs> I know. I, I would have thought Paul Millsap didn't have a phone. Yeah, and, and or a flip he, phone at least. Yeah, and here he is creating all his content. Well, do you guys have any other possible MVPs here during the break? I'll throw in Devin Booker's name because okay. during the uh, NBA 2K tournament, he was taking on Michael Porter, and they're picking their teams beforehand. Michael P- Porter decided to uh, pick the Lakers. Devin Booker was scrolling, thinking about his team. Michael Porter said, you know what? Uh, maybe I should have just picked Denver and you pick Phoenix. You know, the team that you play for. Devin Booker took a few seconds. Nah, I ain't taking the Phoenix Suns, the team I played for. So MVP in that he generated some, uh, you know, some of those nasty headlines. Devin Booker doesn't want to play with his own team. Now, can you, Mike, can you this was him? the first round of the NBA 2K tournament. I didn't realize at first that there are, it's a... a a bracket, 16 teams, so you have to win four games, I guess it is, uh, to get to the championship. This was the first round, and Michael Porter Jr. made the point that, hey, I'm taking the Lakers, I'm taking the best team uh, in the Western Conference because he got advance. 
Right. But that's a strategy play. Later on, he's not gonna. You have to play with mm. different teams as well. Every 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 oh, round. Oh, so. I didn't know uh, that little wrinkle. I saw that yeah. Harrison Barnes took the Raptors and lost by like forty points. <laughs> Could have played for the Raptors if it wasn't for a coin flip way That's back right. in the day. That's right, a, a coin flip that Paul Millsap made disappear. Um, has, okay, honestly, be be just be sincere with me. Has anyone watched a second of that NBA two K? tournament on espn2 or whatever it's on <laughs> no uh i was like you skeets uh you're watching tiktok videos via twitter which is like our parents emailing us facebook posts i was watching clips of people playing 2k on twitter just the same it doesn't seem like the most exciting thing so i'm happy if somebody's just going to pull a highlight of montrez harrell using montrez harrell to dunk on somebody yeah. that's all i need to see i'm probably mm. not sitting through a full game of this yep I'm exactly the exact same way. I'll see the clips on Twitter, but there is no way I'm watching a full-blown game of two are people they, just play but, 2K. Yeah, they're not playing 48-minute games, though, are they? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I highly I, doubt it. Yeah, I, I don't imagine. But no, I won't be tuning in to watch that, no. Watching people play video games is maybe the most boring thing on earth other than talking about your fantasy league, I think. <laughs> You think See, so? I actually love sitting with somebody in a room who's playing a video game. That, yeah. to me, is fine. But uh, watching a stream where the guys are barely talking to each other, I think that's the problem with it for me. Is yeah. um, You could maybe use an announcer or somebody there who's kind of peppering questions back and forth. Yeah. Spice it up a little bit. I think you're right. It would have been helped if somebody was asking questions. Because it's pretty damn quiet in even the clips I've seen. I guess I'm seeing the best clips from this tournament. And they're pretty damn boring, even the best clips. So uh, I think you're, I think you're right. I think there's something there. What does everybody think of uh, the NBA horse idea being thrown around? That uh, I'm not really sure how it would work, but you know, we'd have these guys in isolation somehow, sort of play a, a horse game of some sort on their own courts. Is they, do you guys like this idea? Do you think it could work? No way. Where do you fall on that one? Uh, I'd be careful for some creative editing for sure, because uh, <laughs> don't they have to be basically, you know. They have to send a video and then the other guy has to send a video back. Isn't that right? Because they can't get together. Right. So, you well, know. Well, hold on. I guess you could live, you could Zoom each other. You could live stream with each other. So you're not <laughs> yeah. having to wait between clips, between shots. That's what I thought it was. It was more like, look at this shot. Now someone has to go and try and do it themselves. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, the NBA is just trying to keep people engaged, I think, and trying to keep gives, bring some sort of fun and... Uh, you know, in, uh, energy to the, this uh, this crazy time we're going through, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work because you only well, need that that one sort of funky little clip, and that could uh, could blow the doors <laughs> off the whole thing. Well, you know what? I mean, we should almost like we should be the guinea pigs for this. It just right. hit me. Like the four of us should try. <laughs> JD, you're not going to like the sound of this. We should try. I'm about to hang out. We should try to do our own little horse game, like somehow through, right. uh, through uh, Instagram Live or through Zoom or something. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. all got our sort of our own little court, so we can make that happen. No, now you're going to have our own private courts in our homes, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's down in the basement. It's fine. You know, whatever. 15 foot high ceilings. I'll make it work. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, NBA is just trying to get creative, like you said. All right, next question. Hey, no Dunkarinos. More and more, we are hearing that players and fans don't care about the regular season. What if, given the state of the world, to gain some form of normality, we resume the season in the finals? One round, best of seven series between the Bucks and the Lakers. I can't begin to imagine the fallout that this might cause, but wouldn't it once and for all set an example that every regular season game matters and it's suddenly worth a lot more? Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Craig in Aberdeen, Scotland. 
Well, it definitely would set an example that every regular season game matters, and if the season has to get canceled due to a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic, you want to have played your, your games during the regular season. I would certainly do that. But for me, anything is basically a good idea when it comes to basketball. If it works out that we only have two weeks left that they could get anything of a season, sure, play a best of seven between the best two teams. I would like to see a little more variety. You could go to the top four teams in each conference. The first round, one versus four in both conferences, single elimination. Second round, single elimination. Play the finals best of three. That's a total of seven games right there, and you're seeing a few more teams. Mm. Yeah, I, I had a similar idea like that. Not just make it the, the, the top team from the East and West, but maybe even make it like the top two teams and they play best of three first and then maybe a best of seven or something like that if you can squeeze it out uh, out that far. Because, um, you know, the Bucks and the Lakers would, would deserve to be there if you base it on what we've seen so far during the regular season. But it would be good to have at least a little bit more of a competition just to see who gets into that final series uh, to, to play off. But, you know, either way, of course, it, would be, uh, it wouldn't really count as a champion in the grand scheme of things I don't think no one would would look at that and and, and you know it, it would carry the biggest asterisk of all I, I would guess mm-hmm. yeah no one would care about it whatsoever I, I think any idea at this time is a good idea Craig throw them out there any idea during this quarantine period here but no one would care about this championship I I, I would rather that there be yeah. no games played when you look back no finals played when you look back at the 2019-2020 season rather than this seven game set that really wouldn't change anything it would just go back to normal next year now if that somehow it implemented some big change in the regular season or 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 it influenced it swayed it some way i guess we could talk about it but i don't think it would change a thing and it would just it would look more like a gimmick series or it's feel like more like a gimmick series than anything so one round's not good enough Yep, I agree. I uh, I love you, Craig. Thanks for the email. I hate this idea. I mean, if yeah, it's just you got to have a little bit more. I mean, the playoffs as they are are like a whole second season. Like, yeah, we've done enough of the regular season. I think everybody agrees with that. If we could continue basketball, it's like okay, that's fair. It's like you're in the playoffs right now. Well, we played seventy five percent of the season regular season. That's good. Let's take the best teams and let's do the playoffs. The playoffs are like you know generally like what two months long two and a half yeah. months long like they're a second season they really are it's such a gruel and i know we're not going to get that i mean i don't think we're gonna get any basketball with this season but it's got to be more than just one series like even to more what trey was saying at least shorter seas shorter series between more teams um and no matter what we come up with there is going to be the asterisks on it so fortunately it won't matter and i, I just don't even think we're going to get this chance anymore but uh Appreciate the email. Going to our next question here. It's uh, a bit like our, our previous question. It, it touches on the same issue. So, dear Skeets, Tass, Lee, and Trey, my name is Cannon, and I'm an 11-year-old. I love your podcast. How do you think that the playoffs would have gone if the season didn't get canceled? P.S. Can you make more Say What episodes? Cannon? Feels weird <laughs> doing Say What episodes during this time when we don't have basketball, but... If it runs long, you never know, Cannon. We <laughs> yeah. could have one. That's that's yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I would think, regardless, uh, I'll answer first. The Bucks um, would have been there, uh, especially this time. Really hurts the other teams. I think. I think the Bucks will just jump back on the floor and be great. But the Bucks probably would have been there. It's just hard to see anybody knock them off. And the Western Conference. This time it would kill the Clippers. This time off, I think, would kill the Clippers. They wanted that twenty game. Uh, period here at the end of the year to get some camaraderie going to play against the Lakers. Um, but I, I think that would have been a, a very long series if 
we did have the entire season, Clippers, Lakers. Uh, I would have taken the Clippers. I think it would have been Bucks Clippers in the finals if uh, if we had a season. But it's fun to speculate, isn't it? Because of yeah. Joakim Noah being signed by the Clippers, Tass. Is that, <laughs> is that the, uh, the the big turning point? Put him over the yeah. top, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I, th- I think he could have helped. Uh, could have helped those Clippers centers. He definitely could have clip or helped Montrez Harrell win NBA 2K. I think he's <laughs> he's the guy who's helping Montrez Harrell right now. The glue guy, yeah. I think the fascinating question with this, if they did come back or the possibility, again, unlikely, but what effect it would have on LeBron, really, I think is, like, to me, the ultimate question because we've heard him talk a lot about, like, you know, how he just maps out a whole regular season in terms of his, his conditioning, his, his body, and starts ramping it up and getting ready for the playoffs. So on one hand, like, yeah, taking off like two, three months, well, damn, that just screws up that whole thing. Um, and you would think he would suffer trying to like gear back up and get right back into it. On the other hand, it's uh, it's like quite a break. Um, you know, it's a good couple months off. And is like that a good thing for an older player like Re- LeBron? Again, he'd have to get it going, I understand, but maybe that would be a good thing. So that's, I just don't know what the answer is to that. I think it would be... I guess if I still picked, I mean, my preseason pick was Bucks lakers and I guess I would still run with that, but that ultimate sort of LeBron wild card of like, what would happen if you gave this guy a couple months off near the end of the season? Is that good or bad? I don't know if anyone else has a take on that of which one. Well, LeBron did just have a couple of months off at the end of a season last year, had his longest rest in a long time and came out dominating. I also know that he's a guy that would have a home gym in his house, so I imagine he would be (laughs) well positioned to come back even after... Uh, after the season finally resumes. But if the season wasn't canceled, I mean, it's impossible to know what would happen. Perhaps the Bulls go on a huge streak. They're the hottest team in the league, and they knock the Bucks off in round one of the playoffs. It could have happened. There's nobody they can say otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm disappointed that we won't get to see the Raps have a real chance at going back-to-back. Because, like a title uh, defense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what you wanted to see. The Raptors come playoff time because they've been battling injuries all season long. But I just think with that championship-winning experience and those veterans on that team... Maybe they wouldn't have got past the Bucks. Maybe they wouldn't have even got past the Celtics. But I just would have loved to at least see them. You want you want to you want to see them at least go out, get eliminated properly if they're going to not be title defenders, rather than just a season that just gets washed away. You know, you want to see them have a chance to go back to back because last season they were down in every series except for the finals. And and they uh, oh no, they were down in the finals. Oh no, they weren't. They won game one. That's right. Yeah, won game. Um, but every other series they were behind. And, you know, you just you deserve a chance to go and, and see if you can do it all again. So uh, they won't get that opportunity, most likely, of course, this season. And even if they do, it's going to be different. But that's what I was really looking forward to because, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, he was incredible this season when he was playing. And, and you know that he would have loved nothing more than to go out there and prove everybody wrong that with Kawhi not there, the Raptors were still, you know, still a championship contender. Yeah, still elite. Uh, well, thank you for the email, Canon. I'm a little worried now. We're gonna get get a bunch of Instagram posts trying to sell us cameras, though. <laughs> name. That's gonna come back into our life. But appreciate the email. All right, our next one here. Um, hello, Alcinder Rule Incorporated. Recently, I got into bread baking, and as I have more time on my hands, I've decided to try making a sourdough starter and baking. Uh, how do I say that? A Levian bread? Am I saying Levain? Levain bread. Uh, as I was reading about growing your own starter, I've noticed everyone gives a name to their starters, like Fred or Bubbles. I began to think what could be the name for mine, and I realized I already know the starters, so I went with Tass for my really? first Levain. Yeah. Pictures of the first two loaves made with Tass attached. Those are nice loaves. <laughs> yeah, did they nice look good? I didn't see the loaves. photo. Okay. Um, my question is, what is an object you refer to with a name? 
greetings from Seattle and occasionally Poland. That's from Camille. <laughs> I, I, I will say, uh, Camille, that a loaf of bread never really looks bad. Mm. I, I personally think loaves are sort of like babies. I think all babies are cute. All mm. infant babies. you can They're all cute. And breads, they're all cute too. Fresh out of the oven. A full loaf. I think... I think you, doesn't look bad they never look bad and, and those are very nice and a nice little sprinkling of the flour on there camille i i'm honored <laughs> honored to be those those breads uh, and i'll throw in um what i call an object uh if we get sent a check for our services i'll tell danielle my wife um she's not an object that's her name uh danielle i'll tell her um just uh take che- uh, chevy to the bank and she'll say, uh, what? Because we have a Chase bank account. I don't actually have a Chase bank account, but I would call it a Chevy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you, are you depositing uh, business checks into your personal account, though, Tass? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Our services, as in my wife and I. Our oh, services. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chevy okay. to the bank. That's so Chevy funny. to the bank. Mine also has to do with a Chevy. My 2019 Chevy Cruze was only referred to as Tom Cruise. That's another Chevy there. Uh, missed that guy. <laughs> well, speaking of cars, uh, when, when I was about 20 or so, one of my mates, Bears, you've heard about him. He had a car. And uh, none of us really knew anything about car maintenance, you know, like you would occasionally take it in to get service, but that was it. But he had, he had really bald tires on his car, really, really bald tires. And one day he came to pick me up, we were driving somewhere and we just spun out because the tires were so bald. So we called his car. We just, you know, like not, we didn't say, well, let's go and fix the tires. We just referred to it as the death trap his vehicle and we used to and when we were driving say you're going to pick me up in the death trap and we'd just laugh at it <laughs> yeah yeah that's great and then we took it in one day i said i think you should get your tires checked and we went in one day and the guy was it was he was furious at us for having driving around on tires that bald he's like how are you idiots not dead yet this wow. car, these these tires should have been replaced about a year ago. You've been driving through winter you know, on on wet roads with these tires. How they didn't blow for one, and then how you didn't just come sliding off the road for another was crazy. So, uh, yeah, the jokes for the death trap were uh, probably a little too close to, to comfort, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, naming cars—that's a classic. You guys know about the Shaguar. After uh, that car was totaled, I moved on to a Chevy Trailblazer, big black SUV, named Big Black. Totaled okay. that car, had to move on to a white Toyota Solara named Little White. Since then, <laughs> I haven't named my cars. I actually need names for uh, my white station wagon and my blue jalopy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like a rattly Rick maybe could be the jalopy, the Highlander. That thing makes some crazy sounds. So if oh, anybody's got an so idea loud. for that. Oh, man, it sounds like somebody started up a chainsaw <laughs> every time you <laughs> turn the key in the ignition. Only other thing I've got a name for that's not a, something that needs to have a name is our office Pilea, which has been named Danny Green. And guys, I got to let you know, it's doing great. We got a new Sprout coming up. Nice. nice. Oh, nice. We're flourishing. Yeah. Right. You took uh, Danny Green home, obviously. That's right. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You got to name cars. That's just, uh, I guess you got to name boats too, right? I've never owned a boat. I'm not sure I ever will, to be honest. But uh, JD, do you uh, have an object that you name? <laughs> Well, my car is a Rav uh, Rav Four, and it, it, uh, her name is Ravi. It's a boy's name, but still. Uh, Can and I also, buy soup from your car? I, yeah. Sometimes I call it Ravi Poops. Yeah. Just like, uh, when it's crapping out on me. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a big brown couch uh, in our living room that we call Lovely, 
<laughs> just having a nap on lovely. Uh, very comfortable, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm, love it. Lovely. Next question here. Hey, no go outsiders. I've been listening since TBJ days, circa 2008. Trey interviewed me in Cleveland before Game 3 of the 2018 Finals. My 15-second pause made for too great of TV, which is why I assume I didn't make the cut. And through all that, this is somehow my first email ever emailed. I've been thinking about this since the announcement of Dwayne Wade's three-day retirement extravapalooza. With more and more player movement, are we going to see a decline in jersey retirements? Or as I suspect, are jersey retirements going to turn into more, quote, for the fan events, leading to fan favorites in the rafters like Udonis Haslam in Miami, J.J. Barea in Dallas. Is Tass's colleague Channing Fry number eight, going to be hanging in Cleveland for his role in the 2016 title? What are some of your personal fan favorites that you'd like to see honored? Wash your damn hands. That's from Mike. Why don't you answer that first part there, Tass? I'm just more curious now. Is Channing Fry going to have his number eight retired in Cleveland? My good friend Channing Fry, will he have his jersey retired in Cleveland? I know Channing would say this. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> he he won. Yeah, he helped out. He was definitely a part of the uh, the locker room and banging home threes. And I think he was a, he was a big part of the chemistry there. But you can't just give every guy who won a championship. Uh, jersey right. retired or else you're not going to have any jerseys to retire if, especially, if you're the, <laughs> you're, especially if you're the good teams you just won't have any more jerseys to wear right. uh, that being said I understand what the question is yeah. what he's getting to um, but I, th- I think it really just comes down to team preference and how they do things uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't mind guys who are sort of glue guys getting jerseys retired like Nick mm. Collison and OKC that's their only jersey that they've retired thus far guys who played for a long time so Udonis has them playing with the Miami Heat his entire career this is year 16 for him I wouldn't put him into a category like Channing Fry, who you know bounced around the league a lot no he's he a, is I think a Haslam's a lock yeah I think yeah. ultimately they will retire his jersey yeah for sure but JJ Bray is interesting I don't know about that yeah JJ Bray is another is a level like Bruce Bowen in San Antonio where mm-hmm. they've retired his jersey yeah yep you know, spent a good amount of his career with one team, won yep. a championship, fan favorite. Yep. I think there's nothing wrong with putting those guys, retiring those guys' jerseys. I think that yep. it's all, it's really a, a team barometer. But hmm. as far as like lesser, just strictly numbers wise, less jersey retirements because guys jump around a lot, I don't think so because you even see like Boston, Kevin Garnett spent. You know, a small chunk of his career, when you look at it, you know, four seasons, uh, it ended up being approximately whatever it is. Uh, maybe it was five. Race I think it was four. five. I think he spent five there in the end. Yeah, race spent four. So yeah. uh, it's just, did they win a championship? Four or five years It's not a long time, but I think that's like the baseline. I think four is yeah. like, that's the bottom end. Four or five years with a championship, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. a lot of success. Yeah, I mean, to answer the question, like my personal fan favorites, after the Raptors get around to finally retiring jerseys, because they haven't yet, um, and once they do their Giants that are deserving, like Lowry, DeRozan, Vince, and I would say Bosch, like those full big four to me. Um, and Bosch, I, we could get into, but whatever. I'm going to throw them in there. But I'd like to see like a Jose Calderon. Uh, shout out to Hams um, or Elvin Williams, um, one of those sort of two like Raptors legend fan favorite point guards 
um, again, way down the line, playing a good chunk of their season. Just that's just a, my personal, my personal you sound, team. You there. sound a bit like Isaiah Thomas, who wanted Marcus Camby retired and Tracy McGrady retired. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm not going. That <laughs> I think he wanted Stoudemire retired as well. Yeah, well oh yeah, I, yeah. Did don't I forget about Doug Christie. No, yeah, Doug Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Calderon yeah. and Alvin Williams are above all those guys. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. Success with the not success, but just the no. amount of games played. Even who yeah. would you say should get their jersey retired by the Raptors first? Would it be DeRozan or Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> if you're just uh, saying between those two, I mean, yeah. DeRozan, a fan favorite, uh, built his oh. career there, was a legend in the city. Kawhi, the best single season in Raptors history. Oh, I think yeah. no. I thought you were kidding for a second, DeRozan in a landslide. I don't think Kawhi should have I don't think he will and nor really should he have his jersey probably retired by the Raps. Like again that's sort of mm-hmm. what Tass was trying to figure out like the baseline like how many years do you have to play? Or maybe you know maybe you're of the opinion that it doesn't matter at all. I don't know. To me it does. So I'd yeah. say DeRozan. What so uh, you know what about in, in the sense then like in Cleveland they're going to retire LeBron. What about Kyrie Irving? You know, he won the championship, hit the biggest shot in history. He spent, you know, some time there. He he obviously left, he chose to leave. But more than just the one season that Kawhi had there, and uh, and and yeah. again, I mean, his 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 role in winning the championship, um, and of course, Game Seven was huge, and they got to the finals four years where he was there, or, or was he not there for that last one? Yeah, he wasn't there for that last one, I guess, because he he was in Boston when the Cavs beat Boston. Yeah, I mean, he played six years, right, for Cleveland. Yeah, obviously, was a multi All Star and probably made some All NBAs in there. Uh, or did he? Yeah. No, maybe not. Yeah, he did. Uh, no, he, he, did must make... he must have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, again, he's played enough years for me and, yeah. and and had success and was the rookie of the year and all that. Like, I mean, he was damn good for them. So that's, that's enough to me. You got to play. You got to play more than one season, in my yeah. opinion. Again, just my opinion. It's just that one season was so huge for, oh, you know, well, the yeah. biggest season ever. Yeah. And he hit the biggest biggest shot ever, and won Finals MVP. I mean, for Kawhi, like it's uh, he's got a strong case for one season anyway. Yeah, on a team that never won a thing as well. Yeah. It's different yeah. if it's the Boston Celtics and you've won a billion yeah. championships. But okay, but to answer Trey's original question, there's no way I think that the Raptors are going to retire like let's say a Kawhi Leonard before a lot of those other guys that I mentioned. Like before them, no way. No, sir. No. Vince is going up first. Yeah, Vin- very, I think Vince will get it first as he's retiring right now. I think it's the uh, the easier answer. Yeah, yeah. Any he's other? Making- I mean, what about you, Trey? Are there uh, you know Bulls sort of fan favorites? Legends? I don't know. It's very weird to me because the Bulls were terrible for the first thirty years of their existence. So they retired Bob Love and Jerry Sloan, two guys who had minor success in the NBA, but then they became the greatest team of all time. Retired <laughs> Jordan and Pippen. So, like, yeah. what are you doing? Are you putting in the fan favorites or are you putting in the all-time greats? Because, I mean, Derrick Rose and Joachim Noah are the two most notable players since the Jordan era, no doubt about it. Derrick Rose, obviously, is a Chicago guy. But mm-hmm. aside from the MVP, everything that anybody remembers is the injuries. Joachim Noah, Defensive Player of the Year, a couple times he was an all-star, and the team got good. Uh, the heart and soul of those teams, no doubt, along with Lou Aldang. But... I don't know. Are are you going to ignore the fact that you won six championships in the '90s and become a team that retires uh, fan favorites, or are you mm. going to be a team yeah. that just keeps honoring the greats like the Celtics do? Uh, considering the Bulls have had one period of sustained success, I would err on the side of let's retire jerseys for the other guys who gave us some joy during their time there. Next question: 
Hey, no Dunkaroos. Recently, when I was having a conversation with a friend about the play of Nikola Jokic, he described the experience of watching him move up and down the floor as akin to watching a really tall, oafish guy try to play basketball <laughs> in flip-flops, but actually do it really well. My question for you guys. What is a way in which you would describe the visual experience of watching an NBA player, past or present, that either makes sense to you, but few other people, or is difficult for you to elaborate on? That's from Wally. Uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> I'll go first because I have two answers that like popped into my mind right away. Um, I remember this is when he played for the Raptors, but someone on Twitter, I forget who the heck it was, they compared Jonas Valanciunas's uh, pick and roll defense to watching an 18-wheeler on ice. <laughs> and man, did that stick with me. And like once that was tweeted, like watching Jonas play defense, again, like getting you know matched up on a smaller guy and trying to help in the pick and roll defense, it was like, it was so perfect. Um, he did He did improve as his years went on. And then, Tess, you might remember this, because I've been saying this for a long, long time. Uh, I've always, like, and it's a weird comparison, don't get me wrong, but I always compared, like, Leandro Barbosa, like, the way he moves on the floor. Like, he's always bobbing his head, or he always was bobbing his head. And I, I remember comparing it to, like, some sort of, like a, like, a sea lion or, like, a meerkat or something, like a prairie dog. Like, just sort of that little bobbing. But I think the more <laughs> apt comparison, when I thought about it, is a pigeon. A pigeon is always bobbing its head like when it's moving. Mm. I swear to God, if you watch Barbosa clips, he's obviously an incredible basketball player, but he's anytime he doesn't have the ball or they're going back on defense, like he just has this weird little bobbing of his head. Yeah. So he's a bobber. A comparison. Yeah, it's a comparison I've been making, I think, way back since like the basketball Jones days. Well, I really want basketball to come back because uh, this Nikola Jokic um, line here or description, watching a really tall oafish, oafish guy try to play basketball in flip-flops, but actually do it really well. It just springs into my brain the image of Max is nice, who's imitating basketball players out there. And he does a really good Nikola Jokic. He does. It's a solid Jokic. And Jokic is a good guy to imitate because he's always he's slumbering. And yeah. he's, he, yeah. he's got a, a very unique look. At, everybody knows it. So uh, I'm tired of watching Max is nice and B dot A dot. It's time for, <laughs> for real the realies. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking for. Somebody once told me this. Now, it's not necessarily uh, a description of how he looks when he plays, but somebody told me watching James Harden is like watching a man with erectile dysfunction urinate. <laughs> dribble, 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 dribble. <laughs> and it's hard to get that out of my head. Oh it wasn't me, just a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> to me, uh, to me, Tyler Hansborough, when he was running, he always used to look like he was wearing a suit and he was late for a meeting. You know, he used to like just... <laughs> he used to pump his arms there. It was like, but he was kind of awkward in how he did it. Um, and I remember actually uh, going back to some of my very first early watching basketball days with D Brown when he was on the Boston Celtics. He used to come off the bench and he was so energetic and he had such great hops. I remember I said to my dad one day, it looks like he's playing and he's got firecrackers in his shoes. Mm. You know, the way that he used to jump around there. So, <laughs> I, re- I remember turning, my, turning to my dad watching the Celtics. <laughs> D. Brown's got firecrackers in his shoes. Wow, well, remember, remember young D. I mean, he was great. He won the dunk contest. He had hops. And it was like he was just so quick out there. I was like, man, he someone's put firecrackers Dickie. in his shoes. Yeah, Turned to Dickie and said, <laughs> Hey, you play like James Harden. Dribble, 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 dribble. dribble. <laughs> Trey, anybody? Uh, John Morant plays like a second child. Incredibly reckless. Oh, I love but it. But somehow he pulls it off. I you can't it. get him to stop. You think he's going to get hurt. 
but it usually goes the right way. I mean, it'll yep. take some tough falls, but that's just how it is with the second child. Good answers. Yeah. Good answers all around. I'm sure you guys out there listening have some pretty funny comparisons to players, so tweet them in at no dunks and hashtag no dunks. Got a story for this next one. All Hello, right. no signature dunkers. Buckle up. Listening to you break down the case of the mysterious Raptors autograph reminded me of a pretty unique Raps autograph I got last season. It's a bit of a story, but I'll try to keep it brief. After Dwayne Casey was fired by the Raptors after a franchise record 59 wins as head coach, I was shocked and saddened. My friend had a number 59 Casey jersey made for my birthday that summer. In return, I got us tickets to see Raptors versus the Pistons on November 14th, Casey's return. I made sure to get lower bowl seats. I wanted to get the jersey signed. We ran into Nav Bacha, Raptors superfan, took a photo, and told him about the jersey. Hey, Nav, we got a jersey. It's a Dwayne Casey jersey. He took us to his courtside seats to sit there pregame. I even got to watch Andre Drummond take free throws warming up. Nav was waiting with us for Casey. Eventually, he had to kick us out of the seats just as the game was starting. But he held onto the jersey and my Sharpie. He said to meet him courtside after the game. From our seats, we could see Nav showing off the jersey to the media, getting photos, and then eventually showing Casey and getting an acknowledgement from him. I tracked this jersey more than the game itself, eventually seeing it get whisked away by one of the Detroit trainers. Fast forward, Raps lose in a close but exciting finish, and Casey gets his revenge. We flag down Nav, and he gets us courtside again. Then about 10 minutes later, Nav gets tossed the jersey, and he shows us. It reads, to Nav, best of luck, your friend always, Dwayne Casey, November 14th, 2018. Wow. Nav wanted to keep it, and I said, no. Nav wanted to keep it. Every now and then, I think about reaching out to Nav and giving him the jersey. Is it too late? Would you have done that? That's from Luke Reese. He even sent a, he even sent a photo of the jersey. And... It's true. It's a KC 59 jersey, the number that he won with oh his signature God. to Nav, your friend always, Dwayne Casey, and he dated it as well. I mean, it's not a bad jersey, but it's a Dwayne Casey jersey, which is unheard of. That's unheard such a of. weird jersey. I mean, I love this story so much. I love everything about this story. Well said, well written, I mean. And uh, yeah, just the fact that you had this jersey made or your buddy had this jersey made. That's weird to me, even despite being a Raptors super fan. And then, uh, and then the whole thing where Nav hooks them up, but gets him, <laughs> gets it signed, and Casey signs it to him. I actually well, it's like think... the perfect perfect storm too, because Nav always wears the jersey that says ninety five. So I'm sure it's easy to think, oh, this just must be his opposite jersey, fifty nine. Oh. No big deal. Of course I'll sign it. Yeah, um, I actually think Luke's buddy or Luke and him, like, I think they made the wrong decision here. I do. I don't. I think they should have like, they should have come to an agreement. Um, like give give the jersey to Nav and then, you know, like what can you get in return? You know he's going to hook you up with something cool. Um, I would expect, and you can always make another Casey fifty nine jersey. So I mm. think he maybe played it wrong personally. I think that mm. a, a deal like this guy Nav owns dealerships, car dealerships. His whole business is dealing, wheeling and dealing, literally wheeling and dealing. So. Um, yeah, you could have got some great stuff back, I think. That's that's just my take on it. Can't disagree. Can't mm. disagree. Mm. He was he was just so into getting it signed. I, I don't think his head was in the right spot. I mean he wasn't yeah. even watching the game. He was yeah. just he was just pumped to see Dwayne Casey sign that jersey. He was overwhelmed. Will he ever get a better moment at a basketball game? 
Probably not. Diehard Luke Reese loves his Dwayne. That is uh, ballsy to, like, it's ballsy just to leave it. I got to be honest. Like, if you're that attached to that jersey, just to be like, all right, here you go, man. Take it. Here's a Sharpie. I hope to get it back. Like, because you don't, I mean, I mean, you're obviously, you're trusting now, but like, I don't know, just getting back down to those seats, getting the jersey back in your hands. Like, did they exchange phone numbers? You know what I mean? Like, in case they couldn't meet up after the game? Like, a lot of, a lot of follow-up questions. It was very this. lucky he ran into Nav Bacha as well. He just ran into him? Like, that wasn't the plan? or the, right. he didn't. I guess not. He just saw that jersey. You know, Nav would love that jersey. I, guess, you know, I mean, he was showing it off to the media like he had made it, I think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. smooth move there by Nav. Yeah, I can't believe... Maybe reach back out to him. Do a swap. I'm telling you, you're going to get some good stuff back. I yeah, now, now's the time to try for sure. You know, mm-hmm. Say, hey, Nav, listen, man, I made a mistake. It's yours. Let me send it to you. And I hope that Nav is like, yeah, yep, great. Yeah. Maybe he'll take him to the Hall of Fame this year. I'm not sure if Nav Bacha will have anything done for him at the ceremony. I guess oh. not. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, he, he is being put into the, you know, the super fan wing. This new wing is one of the new entrance and uh, along with uh, late Penny Marshall I don't know maybe he gets to go down there maybe he'll bring him along who knows it's possible mm. reach out to him make something happen good luck keep us posted I love that story alright next one NDC for a long time I have been intrigued by many of the personal hygiene approaches of one taco tray Kirby given the recent social distancing I figured now is as good as time as any to try a couple of them out no deodorant and no shampoo are the two I'm going with and 10 days in, no one in my family has mentioned anything off. So, success, maybe? Are there any habits or quirks from the other members of the No Dunks crew that you've thought about trying? Thanks for the edutainment. That's from Sam. And then uh, he writes, P.S. Trey, do you have any other tips to try out during the quarantine? Well, Sam, you're in luck. I've got five tips during the quarantine. <laughs> JD, hit the music. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. All right, before we start, my number one tip, wash your hands. Everybody gets it. Even I, an avowed scumbag dirty hippie, have the cleanest hands in the game right now. I personally like to sing our wedgie song two times back to back to ensure I'm getting it about 30 seconds. Make sure everything's feeling clean. That's a given. Wash your hands. But here are the top five real quarantine hygiene tips. Number five, do a 14-day armpit detox. You guys know I've been trying to go for natural deodorant for a couple of years now, but the problem is you got to let your pits get back to 100% normal. It takes a couple of weeks. Most of the time, you're around people for a couple of weeks here. I'm just with my wife and my kids. Doesn't matter if I stink. I'm at day seven right now, and I smell terrible, but it's going to be worth it in the long run, I hope. I have definitely used that tip right there. I put a a lot of zinc in the pits, uh, some real, real big chemicals day to day. But now I stink real bad, but I guess I'm normal again. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) They say that having zinc and aluminum, all these these chemicals in your pits is what blocks them up. But then all that stuff has got to filter out. So as soon as that falls out, you're getting all the sweat, you're getting all the stink. But, uh, you know, they say... There's a, a light at the end of the stinky tunnel. So I'll let you know next week on beach stepping if I still smell like trash or not. Number four, file your nails. This is just more of a, um, an aesthetics thing or a comfort thing. Like when you trim your toenails, when you trim your fingernails, get out a fi- nail file and rub them down a little bit. They'll be so smooth. When you get into bed, you're not gonna have your gross hang nails catching on your sheets. It takes like 30 seconds. 
Number three, <laughs> yeah, never wash your face. Not once. You can put water on your face and that's all you need. I've washed my face with soap once as an adult and I broke out instantly. So I'm never going back. Even Laura was like, okay, I guess you're right. You shouldn't wash your face. That's a tough one for some people. This is my skin and that's how I'm living it. Number two, don't poop with a sweatshirt on. Just uncomfortable. It's like your sweatshirt is usually going to be too baggy. It's going to be hanging down when you go back to wipe. Uh, it's it's a comfort thing, and I think it could be a little bit of a hygienic thing because you don't want to you don't want any particles going anywhere. So if you go into a bathroom, throw your sweatshirt on the floor, throw it out of the bathroom probably is a smarter idea. But do not wear a sweatshirt shirt when you are on the toilet, <laughs> even if it's backwards. <laughs> and my final tip, tip number one. Consider a 48-hour shower cycle. Let's be honest here. The main reason most of us shower is for appearances. I take showers so I can get my hair tamed, my beard looking the right way, and maybe a little stink off my body, though I'm not terribly concerned with that right now. But since we're all at home, it's uh, it's easy to go two days without a shower. You don't need it for the cleanliness factor. You do it because you like the routine. You do it because you like the look. Maybe you like the 15, 20 minutes of hot water you're getting on your back. Whatever it is, you're not doing it specifically to stay clean. So if you're not worried about staying clean, like I'm not super worried about staying clean, hands and mouth, I accepted. Don't shower every day. Go a couple of days. If it's the uh, summer, you're able so to get in the pool. Ooh. That's so tough. I, I shower to wake up. That's the thing. Exactly. You're right. I'm not yeah, showering yeah. to stay clean. I'm, I, it's a real just like, maybe it is a routine, but it's like, it's just, I need it to like help you wake up. I get it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm my routine's actually completely flipped at the moment because I'm out playing with my boys most of the afternoon and I'm getting hot and sweaty. So I'm showering at night these yeah. days but mm, but nice. i'm not I'm, that's nice i'm not oh it's so it's so beautiful going into the bed when you've just had a shower but the yeah. thing is I'm, I'm not actually using deodorant because you know I, I wash during the day uh during the night and then i don't put deodorant on before i go to bed and when i wake up in the morning i just put a shirt on and we're away so i don't actually go. i'm not using deodorant so yeah it's it's actually oh look i've been a little wafty a couple of the days at the end for sure <laughs> no no question i can smell it on myself but uh, my wife hasn't complained yet, so it's not too bad. But uh, I'm enjoying it. It's something different, you know? It's like, why wake up and have a shower if you're just going to get dirty all day anyway? Get dirty mm-hmm. and then clean yourself at the end of the day. It's, it's, I'm enjoying it, for sure. Less is more, Lee. You got it. Yeah. I'll throw, other... I'll throw in Adam, one yeah, more tip myself. I, uh, I found that putting on pants actually helps you get after things actually do a little bit more rather than just feel like it's the weekend and you're in your jammies or you're in your shorts and you're doing nothing it's like that the uh, the old tip of uh, make your bed in the morning that's your first sort of accomplishment you do things Mm -hmm. afterwards like actually it just gets your day going i think putting on pants in this period where we're all feeling anxiety we're all feeling like our routine is entirely, you know, thrown out the window. Putting on pants just feels like something. You're doing something. <laughs> right, uh, right. And maybe if I was doing putting on pants every day, it would go out the window as well. Uh, it would just, like, like yeah, I would just be feeling like I'm wearing jammies or shorts. Just It might just be a, <laughs> a changer, uh, just to change it up. But it did help. It did help uh, once I put on pants. I actually did something. JD, are there any habits or quirks from other members here? Uh, no Creed, uh, you know, I have so many habits and quirks when it comes to washing myself and keeping myself fresh. 
Uh, and I just basically want to shit on the the whole idea of a 12-day armpit detox. 14. 14, 14 days, <laughs> whatever, days a month, a year, you do whatever, whatever you guys want to do, have at it. But all you're doing is getting used to your own stink in that time. And your family's getting used to it, too. So, uh, you know, you sweat out of your armpits, the germs die, and you stink. And that's it. That's it. Well, I'll tell you, my day-to-day, I've started using a a heavy, heavy chemically-based deodorant. And physically, in that armpit is heavy residue heavy residue sticky it's it's there's a lot going on in there and just not putting on deodorant has got me back to normal that's all that's all that's happened i, I don't think i'm i'm more chemically balanced or uh, I, I feel better I, i'm still eating a lot of carcinogens i know that but it just <laughs> physically i can feel my armpit hair again without uh, a whole caked on mess in there yeah there's just a there, that's a difference and i stink as well Hey, if you, speaking of armpit, your armpit hair, if you want to cut down in your stink, shave that off. Oh, that's what, what they say, huh? I've What's the it. problem it with works. smelling like a human, JD? <laughs> Humans are gross. That's the problem. <laughs> that's just what people have conditioned you to think. Humans smell what humans are supposed to smell like. Everybody right. wants you to smell like a lavender mm. or a meadow or perhaps freesia, mm. whatever that is. Yeah, well... It's better to smell like a meadow than uh, an armpit, in my opinion. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like what you're saying, J.D., is if we all do the Trey Kirby, you know, 14 days without it, if we all lean into getting rid of deodorant, then we will all sort of stink in a way, but we won't stink because we'll all smell the same. We'll all smell like humans. Right. We'll all smell like salty cheese walking around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Well, like to get get away from the pits for a second, just quickly here, um... A habit or a quirk from the other members of the No Dunks crew I've thought about trying. Tass, uh, I think I need to schedule like a good 45 minute to an hour Zoom meeting with you, a little one on one, because I'm uh, getting close to entering the compost game. Nice. <laughs> okay, and I've got a lot of questions, um, need some guidance. So, uh, you know, that is something I will be turning to you to. Uh, help get me started so just put we'll put that in the calendar a little bit later okay maybe we'll make a podcast out of it how to compost sounds good that's a good one sure speaking of stinky i got a compost uh no actually it should never smell it should never smell and it doesn't skeets we'll get there i'm not an expert composter but it's fun more than i do it's fun to pretend uh somebody somebody actually sent me a uh a tip on Twitter or, or sent me an expert's blog about composting on Twitter and the guy's name or what he, he goes by the expert is Dr. Compost. Now, that's pretty cool. Wow. If you can have that title for yourself, that's pretty neat. Dr. How compost. How much schooling kid. is that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, seven to eight minutes. And that's how long our Zoom meeting will be. Skeets can't okay, wait. It'll be quickie. Yeah, it's not much to it. Just throw it in the thing. Uh, all right, next email here. Hey, Smitty's top five guys under the rim. I'm a doctor. Currently work- <laughs> currently working in intensive care, treating a lot of really sick people with coronavirus. I'm actually trained as a surgeon, but now that all routine surgeries have been postponed, we have been recruited to help in ICU to relieve some of the burden. One of the jobs I've been given since I can't actually work a ventilator is to go around and check on all the patient's nipples. This is not a joke, and I swear it's true. 
The best way to treat the sickest people who are infected is to have them lying on their front, or prone as it's called, instead of on their back as usual. This causes a lot of pressure on the chest and can, in rare cases, lead to loss of blood supply to the nipples, leading to nipple death. So, twice a day, I go around feeling and looking at all the nipples to make sure they aren't dead. Wow. We all have to do our part, I guess. It's even stranger since I don't normally work in the unit, and I don't think everyone has been briefed on what my role actually is. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure some of the staff think I'm doing it on my own accord. They're like, what is up with this creep? He just comes <laughs> around every couple hours and checks on people's nipples. Anyway, my question is, what's the strangest task you've been given at any of your jobs? Can be current or previous. Thanks for all the great content during this time. That's from Shane in Dublin, Ireland. Thank you to you, Shane, for putting... Yeah. Uh, your life on the line, mm-hmm. getting in there and um, making sure those nipples are there. They're they're still doubling up and doubling. Uh, that's a that's a wild story, but yeah, didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. I'll go first. Um, strangest task I've been given at any of my jobs. I've had a lot of crazy weird jobs, as you guys know. Um, I've done a lot of things in my time, um, but probably one of the weirder things is. Uh, I used to work as a physician recruiter, um, pretty at a pretty small office in Toronto. I was there for you know a long time, sort of right after um, or within, I guess, even university. And great job. I sort of did a lot of things. I was uh, you know I was sort of in charge of I guess sort of the computer systems, but I did a lot of mailing and calling and stuff like that. But one of the things my boss asked me to do one time was to um, lay a stone patio in her backyard. I had never done this before. I didn't know really what to do, but uh, I love being outside. Love being outside. Beats being uh, cooped up in an office. So I was like, absolutely, I'll have a go at this. So that was strange. I mean, I was, you know, my title was, you know, a physician recruiter, but I was laying a stone patio in her backyard. And I'm happy to say it turned out pretty damn nice. It was uh, one of those sort of like, like, um, I don't know how you describe it, but like an irregular looking one, right? Like it's like, here are a bunch of like flat, rock stones and like you've got to build it together and make it look you know decent um so uh that took a little bit of work but uh that was that was strange i mean i did it for weeks obviously too i really milked it out there because i just wanted to be outside so you know i would only lay one stone a day (laughs) Um, you're like leonardo da vinci you would stare at the canvas for hours before laying your single stone but that was possibly um a long play by the physician recruiter who was able to say Hey, look, if you join up with us, we got a guy here who can put in a stone patio for you, no problem. Look at the work he does. It takes a while, but it's going to be worth it. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, using it as sort of a tool to get uh, doctors and nurses to come to the company. Wow, I hadn't thought about that part. That's next level thinking right there. Yeah, maybe. Well, when I was selling footwear for uh, a few years uh, back in uh, my day uh, in Canada here, our, our Black Friday is called Boxing Day. And I was uh, the guy basically yelling out all the deals to everybody in the store. So I had to put on my outfit of choice to stand out. And I put on, uh, went into the, uh, the hockey department, got some, uh, some long johns, some long underwear. They were purple. And uh, that was what I wore on the bottom. No pants over top. And I would, uh, I, I, I honestly forget what my top was. Um, but that didn't really matter because... I was on a ladder yelling into a megaphone with uh, long johns on. And, yeah, I was definitely a little cognizant of the fact that 
there's nothing over top of uh, Long John's. Definitely a little <laughs> bit worried there. Um, but uh, we got the job done. Lots of sales, 6% commission back in the day. Lots of money was to be made on our Black Friday, our Boxing Day. And it was a good run. I was yelling into Megaphones are really loud. Now, thinking back, <laughs> in- indoors, excessive. I don't think people yeah. liked listening to a megaphone indoors. When uh, when it was when we were in the summer school holidays when I was a kid, about you know fourteen or fifteen, uh, we used to deliver phone books to people's houses, like the yellow pages to people's houses. And uh, what happened was our neighbour kind of he signed up and he got paid, you know, like twenty five dollars or something for every for every I don't know. 200 books that he delivered and so what he did is he recruited me and a friend and we used to drive around on the back of his trailer like sitting on top of these books and then we'd just run up and down the driveways and and throw them on the people's uh, doorstep Mm -hmm. and he ended up paying us like two bucks per pallet (laughs) so so at the end of the day and this is in the middle of summer right so we'd be sitting in there we'd, we'd be working like 10 or 12 hour days and we'd end up with like 20 bucks each or something crazy like that and uh, we were just exhausted and he used to make a lot more money uh, profit off us and just he would just drive us around and just say come on guys keep moving keep moving keep moving and you know being kids you don't really know you're being exploited so badly so you're just sort of like yeah. all right all right all right stop hassling us man we're doing our best <laughs> so uh, yeah it was it was you know it was a fun day an exhausting day but man man we got paid nothing for doing all the all the heavy work there <laughs> Uh, Tass actually just reminded me that I also had a dress-up day at work. It was when I was a phlebotomist drawing blood, and when we would go to high schools, that was kind of like a big day because, you know, there are a lot of students there all with uh, vital blood, just a, just a nice young person's blood. That's what you want. So every anytime we'd go to a high school for maybe a two-day blood drive, somebody would get to dress up as the blood drive mascot, Charlie Corpuscle. <laughs> which was just a red blood drop um, with no other parts to the costume. It was just a red blood drop with like arm holes and leg holes. So you're wearing normal clothes under it, probably your scrubs since you're there to draw blood and then just kind of like dancing out by the parking lot to kind of remind the kids, hey, it's blood drive day. You're going to get some snacks. You're going to get out of class for probably an hour. Maybe you'll pass out and it'll be a huge story at school, but you'll be doing a good job saving three lives. Come on in. We'll draw your blood. Nice. JD, do you have an answer for this? Uh, well, back in my sound editing days, I used to do sound for a, a show called Planet Sketch. Uh, it was uh, an English company, Ardman. Uh, they do movies. They're pretty big. Um, but uh, in the sketch, one of the sketches was called The Parping Ponies, which is basically just donkeys that fart. Like, they'll have this uh, conversation at the end of the sketch uh they there's a massive fart and buildings collapse and that kind of thing or they scare okay. people away and all that but none of the farts none of the farts in our library actually worked for the um for the farts on screen like they were too long <laughs> like the farts on screen like our farts were too short and we had some long ones in there so <laughs> i had to uh luckily i was do, doing this at home but I had to get the assistance of my wife, Rachel, who basically gave me Zerberts on my belly and I recorded them like <laughs> long, long, disgusting, wet farts. I haven't had an accident for hours. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to... Uh, 
and they worked perfectly. It was great. It was great. Wow. And I, you know, you get paid for that kind of thing. I'm glad you went last because that's by far the strangest. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Good answers. All right. Zerberts. Zerberts, yeah, I love, love saying that. Uh, all right, we got a couple more here. A couple more. Um, hey, guys, with self-isolation in full swing, Netflix has become my new hobby. Being from England, I'm not sure uh, if what I'm about to say will be available on the U.S. Netflix, but there's a comedy by the BBC called White Gold. Anybody heard of White Gold? No, I did a search for it on my Mm -mm. Brit box, and it didn't show up. Huh. Okay, maybe this is completely fake, but who knows. I won't go too much into it, but it's set in the 1980s England. In one particular episode, the guys are brainstorming how to promote, promote their store with a celebrity. And the one and only Steve Davis makes an appearance. <laughs> Steve Davis, uh, the snooker player, right, Lee? That's right. That's yeah. right. Snooker world champion. I think five-time champ, I think. There, there it is. Well, my question is, what's the weirdest celebrity slash NBA player endorsement you've ever seen? Thanks for keeping me smiling through this tough time. That's from Connor in England. Um, anybody have an answer to this one? Mm. Well, looking back, the Raptors had an ad where their big free agent bust of a signing was lounging back, eating pizza, and drinking Sprite. <laughs> yeah. Not caring about what the coach was telling him. The coach called him. Head coach Jay Trano calls Hito Turgaloo and says, Hey, Hito, are you watching your opponent? Yes, coach. Takes a bite of pizza. Hey, you got to know your matchups. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Are we trading you after only one year of the five-year contract you just signed with us? Yes, coach. Really strange looking back in hindsight that he was promoting. Lounging back, eating pizza, drinking Sprite, and being that lazy player he was for the Raptors for an entire season. That is pretty weird. I had not really ever thought of it that way, but you're not wrong. Yeah. You have to wonder if that was yeah. the plan originally or if that was just the the amount of effort he was willing to put forth in this pizza pizza commercial. Like, I, commercial. I guess he won't get off the couch, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Lee, Lee, what do you got? Yeah, well, I Googled this last night because I had a few a few memories uh, of some crazy stuff. But one that really stood out was um, Shaquille O'Neal and Tracy McGrady separately endorsed this crazy Chinese beer. Well, the beer itself, I guess, is not that great crazy but the commercials were tracy mcgrady turns up to an outdoor court with a six pack of beer and there's kind of like there's kind of like a wedgie and so he goes up to grab the wedgie out and while he's grabbing the wedgie these guys go and uh, raise the, uh, the 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 hoop up so high that he can't come down, okay. and then they go and steal the beer out of his six pack. So Tracy McGrady's just hanging off the off a wedgie, <laughs> while these <laughs> while these Chinese guys, uh, you know, like uh, are, are stealing his beer. Like it's just uh, it's just really really weird. Uh, and then Shaq does one as well, where Shaq's just kind of like goofing around, being typical Shaq. And at, right at the end, remember that Pepsi ad from like uh, Shaq's first season where he turns up on a court and there's this little kid drinking Pepsi and Shaq goes over to try to take it off and the kid says, don't even think about it. Yeah. Well, in this in this Chinese commercial at the end, there's this girl just drinking a beer, like sort of sexily drinking a beer and it's like, okay, that's really weird. I don't know what's going on here. So uh, yeah, just just uh, weird commercials. I mean, the product, fine, but uh, how they actually sold it, I thought was was, was pretty strange. How much did they get paid for those? That's the yeah, real question. No, I know, probably $12 million. <laughs> Trey, got one? Yeah, I always loved, as a kid, Carl Malone's Rogaine ads. 
You didn't expect to see an NBA player out here kind of supporting uh, hair regeneration or fighting off hair loss. This was when, like, Michael Jordan was the most popular guy in the world, kind of for shaving his head. Everybody said bald is beautiful, but Carl Malone's out here trying to tell you how you can keep your hair. Eventually, he even shaved his head, which I think kind of pointed you in the direction the times were going. Another one that I really like, Mark Cuban for Skechers relaxed fit shoes. <laughs> it's, where, it's where our skinny jeans, I don't get them, comes from. Skinny jeans, I don't get it. You know what I don't get? Yeah. Relaxed fit shoes. What's a, what's a relaxed fit shoe? Like a sandal? A slipper? Hey, hey uh, my, my shoes aren't baggy enough. Can you give me a little more space down there? Thinking about getting gout. <laughs> those, are those are great. I, uh, I sort of did yeah, a little research too. I didn't find like an NBA one that really stuck out to me, uh, though you guys listed some good ones, but I stumbled upon, and I had forgotten about this commercial. Um, it was a, a commercial for, for Guitar Hero, uh, where they were introducing Metallica into the game, that you could play Metallica songs. It was Rick Pitino, Coach K, Roy Williams, and Bobby Knight, um, you know, doing a, a sliding in, in like their underwear, right? As like getting ready to play rock band. Uh, or Guitar Hero, I should say. Um, I guess sort of same thing. And I had just, uh, I had remembered it when it came out at the time, but it's uh, just weird to see these like old guys doing a Tom Cruise homage mm. there, uh, sliding out there, risky business style, um, just in their underwear. <laughs> and then Metallica's <laughs> in it too. It's just strange. It's like, I don't even know how you like, oh, you know who we should get? We, get, we should get Patino, Coach K. Roy Williams, and Bobby Knight to do this. That's just an odd decision, but maybe that's why it's memorable. All right, next one here. AO No Dunkers. A few years ago, you guys did a segment on the best player to never win any type of NBA award. This, of course, includes lower-level awards such as All-Rookie Second Team. A name I would like to put at the top of that list is Corey Maggette. He averaged 20 points per game three times and has decent career averages. I strongly remember Maggette from the early 2000s because I had to rely on watching live stats during my high school math classes. When it would come time to vote on NBA.com for the All-Stars, I was perplexed as to why he never got any mention amongst the other stars. Strictly from a number standpoint, it's shocking he never received any type of award at least once. I'd love to hear from you guys on your updated lists or honorable mentions. That's from Gavin in Tokyo. Skeets, why don't you get us started here? Yeah, I mean, I vaguely do remember us addressing this type of question. I remember having some fun with it. Though I'll be honest, I can't remember... I can't remember who we said officially, <laughs> so I uh, I'll apologize if I'm repeating myself because I was you know I was playing around on the old basketball reference last night because I think it is a great question. Corey Maggette, that's a great one. That is a honestly mm-hmm. a really really solid one. He was a great player, obviously put up the points, um, but didn't win any of these awards. And that's the thing, like there are a ton of guys like you're like okay Rudy Gay, and then you check and you're like oh damn Rudy Gay made an all rookie team or like. Rod Strickland, of course, has never made an All-Star game, but he was all-rookie. He made an All-NBA team. C.J. McCollum, as a current player, well, nope, he won most improved, right? So uh, Mm -hmm. it is difficult. But I think, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, I think this guy actually was a better player, I mean, at least from the the numbers standpoint, than even Corey Maggette. Kevin Martin. Hmm. Kevin Martin Hmm. averaged over 20 points per game for five straight seasons. And he never won a single, you know, sort of like a, whatever we're calling the major award or even a minor award, like a, you know, an all second rookie team or anything like that. Got nothing, not nothing on that resume. Um, but that guy could get buckets. And 
obviously played on some some bad teams, and that's why he didn't ever make All Star games or All NBA selections and stuff like that. But I think I think I would have him even above Corey Maggette. Would you guys agree? Disagree with that? Only because Kevin Martin was like a legendary fantasy player. If you were one of the people that randomly get him just because he would go for 20 points a game. But, I mean, he's almost the exact same guy as Corey Maggette. They just went about it different ways. Like, Kevin Martin could hit from the outside Mm. a little bit more. But Corey Maggette obviously was a uh, drive-to-the-rim kind of guy. That's how he got the nickname Bad Porn. All penetration, but nothing you actually enjoy. (laughs) But they both just piled up points for bad teams, shot a lot of free throws, and shot the ball. A lot. I mean, that's a that's a tough call. You know, more of a Corey or a Kevin. Yeah. Maggette yeah. or Martin. <laughs> and, and I'll I'll just throw yeah, one I more mean, in there. I don't know if you guys have other ones, but uh, Cliff Robinson, Uncle Cliffy, um, good player. He averaged seventeen and eight in his career. He played over six hundred games. And uh, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think that guy ever uh, you know. He got made an All Star game, didn't he? And six man. I thought. <clears throat> All defensive. You're, look, you're looking at the other Cliff Robinson. Oh, I'm perhaps. looking at the other Cliff yeah. Robinson. Oh, whoopsie yeah. there. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. There is another Cliff Robinson. <laughs> you're talking well, treetop. Yeah, tree I'm top talking treetop. That's right. Well, treetop. Okay, then make me. let me make a case for that treetop. <laughs> 17 and 8. I mean, that's damn good. That's not bad. He had yeah. a pretty good career. He played a long time. Like yeah. I said, over 600 games. Never did anything. It's uh, it was it was tough because you know I'm the same. You, you go to basketball reference. You think I don't remember this guy making anything, and then he pops up on one team once in his career. Like Zach Levine is going to average 25 points a game this season. The only award he's got is all rookie second team in 2014-15. And then even Mike Conley, you know, the the perennial all-star should be guy, won all defensive second team in 12-13, and that was it for him. But the, but the one guy who's kind of pretty much similar to those guys that he's often talked about as an all-star or, or, or on the periphery is Tobias Harris. He's, he's won nothing um, in, his, in his career as far as any award. Uh, and he's averaged 20 or, you know, sort of high teens for a couple of years there. So he's, he certainly fits that bill that, he, that he's never sort of popped up and won any, any of those, even those, uh, you know, those awards, like I say, with Zach Levine, like all rookie second team, which really shouldn't count. But uh, yeah, Tobias Harris, he's, he's probably as close as we've got to a, a good player to have never won anything. Yeah. You know what? I, get- I, I learned something listening to this podcast. Those are all, I think, you, I think we've covered the gamut of everybody <laughs> that was right there. But, and these guys scored a lot of points when you mm-hmm. talk about Kevin Martin and, and Corey McGetty yeah. to, to start there. Kevin Martin's averages for his career are 17 points per game. And then you know, not a lot in the other categories, no. just like just like Corey McGetty there. But that's a lot of points per game. And they, they are basically the same guy. They played from, you know, when they were 21 till they're 32 or 33. And then didn't weren't, I guess, adding enough to teams to keep them around. But that's a lot of career points for both those guys. I'll, I'll add one more guy sort of off Tobias Harris Lee you made me think of. And I just checked. And uh, unless I'm looking at, the again, the wrong basketball reference page, um, he doesn't have any accolade. He's played a little bit less than Tobias Harris. Um, but uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Hmm. Dinwiddie. You know, six years in. I mean, hmm. he didn't do anything in his first couple of years, but it obviously turned into a pretty damn good player. Um, and now a 20-point-per-game scorer. So he's sort of like Tobias, again, with a, some less games under his belt because... Tobias Harris's Tobias Harris's mm-hmm. basketball reference page is so funny when you look at it because you go to his like the per game breakdowns of every year. It looks like he's played twenty years because he's got that. <laughs> yeah, I know, he's been yeah. like traded so many times with in yeah. season, and it does the breakdown. Yeah. It's like really weird to look at, but 
Tobias is a good yeah. one. Yeah. Next question. Couple more left. What's up, No Dunks crew? My boyfriend and I are huge fans. Thank you for helping us get through this pandemic. My boyfriend and I have been together for 13 years, and there are some things we cannot do together. One of those things is watching a television series. I love to binge watch shows because I need to know what happens next. He watches shows when he feels like it. He's also the type of person that needs to ask 21 million questions during each episode. This makes me want to scream. We tried to watch Ozark during this quarantine to see if we could, and nope, we couldn't. My question is, what are some things you just can't do with your spouse and why? Thank you again. Hope all is well and you're healthy. Cheers. That's from Ashley and Mikey in Toronto. Lee, what do you got? <laughs> Yo, Mikey. Yeah, uh, it's eating <laughs> breakfast together. Uh, during, during normal times, we both wake up around six, you know, I shower, she gets breakfast, her breakfast and school lunch is ready. And then it switches, you know, she comes up and showers, I eat breakfast and sort of get the boys ready, get them out of bed and stuff like that. But now, you know, we're not in normal times, right. but she still gets up at six o'clock and she slips down there, you know, cause the boys sleep until sort of seven ish, seven fifteen, seven thirty, And I think she just uses that time now as her quiet time, her peace time. Oh, cause if I yeah. go down there. Yeah, if I go down there, even me, like she doesn't want me down there. She just wants her own time there. <laughs> I think that in might silence. be the key, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I've walked down a couple of times when I've had to talk to her about something, and the look on her face is like, what the hell are you doing in my kitchen right now? Get upstairs. I don't care what it is. <laughs> so, but even on the weekends when she's not getting up for work, yep, she still slips down there. So, I've, uh, as one thing I've learned about marriage is when, uh, you know, your wife likes something like that let her have that time and just deal with everything else. So that's one thing we'll never do is eat breakfast together in a, in a romantic way. <laughs> so you've now turned sort of oddly into like a big kid where you're awake, but you can't come out of your room until like seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. I'm, I'm sort of like, and it's funny because I don't want the boys to wake up because once they wake up, you know, then, then your whole day's ruined. But uh, I'm like, all right, what do I do here? What am I doing here in bed? So, but I'm like, okay, 7.15, I think the coast is clear to pop yeah. downstairs and see her now. <laughs> Got to get Lee an okay to wake clock so he knows once it yeah. turns green, it's <laughs> Time to come out. That's right. <laughs> what about you, Trey? Uh, wrestling. Uh, watching wrestling. Not specifically wrestling each other. We do that all the time. You know, we're in different weight classes, but it's a fair fight. But watching wrestling, no way. Uh, watching wrestling in the first place is tough, but watching a WrestleMania with zero crowd, an even harder sell. So, you know, luckily there's been a lot of video conferencing going around in the Kirby household. Uh, Laura, no surprise, made herself busy on nights one and two of WrestleMania this year. I don't know why I couldn't sell her on three guys just diving off of ladders with nobody there cheering for him. She was definitely watching a part of it because I remember while I was watching WrestleMania in my house, your wife, Laura, texted my wife, Nora, and said, are you watching this? <laughs> and uh, Nora was not watching it. She had a full reign of the TV. I was uh, forced to watch uh, WrestleMania night one on my laptop. Um, but yeah, I guess Laura caught something. I wonder what part she saw. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think Sunday she was outside for most of the time on her video conference, but apparently she was snooping on my yeah. wrestling on Saturday night. Yeah, she caught something. There, uh, there was more than one night of WrestleMania this year. I am yeah, intrigued. Too big for one night there, Tass. That's no, what to do. no, it's not. It's yeah, not oh, 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 Tass, it is. It <laughs> Don't is. they usually do one night? Yeah, 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 usually. This was the first time ever they had done it. What's and it was reason? all... It was recorded 
you know, like a week or two in advance. Like it was obviously because of the quarantine and everything. It was it was a lot different, though. There were some fascinating matches. We won't get into it because we're already like running long here. But uh, damn, it was a wild WrestleMania. Trey, you liked it overall, didn't you? Yeah, and if Laura did happen to be paying attention, I hope it was during the Boneyard match. Oh. We don't get to see The Undertaker like that enough these days. No, no, we don't. Um, I will answer this, uh, something I can't do with Nora. It's play cards. She does not like playing cards, and I love playing cards. You know, whatever. You want to play hearts, uh, spades, uh, euchre. Like, I love that stuff. And uh, she just can't stand it. And it's, uh, you know, it's a little frustrating at times because sometimes you're in the the two-on-two hanging out session and someone's like, throws out, like, you want to play cards? She's like, nope, I'm not playing. She just does not like it. (laughs) Um, And I would almost, like, extend this to, like, say, like, sort of any type of games we just, like, really shouldn't be doing together. She just says, I'm too competitive and she doesn't care at all about these dumb games, like, be it cards or be it, you know, whatever, like fun little like yard games and stuff like that so we try and we we generally try and avoid that though we did find out that one time i think it happened in vegas of all places um that she she enjoyed shuffleboard and was Hmm. good at shuffleboard um yeah i think i think i don't know if maybe it happened prior to vegas but i know there was one one night in vegas where we were all playing shuffleboard did she have to get an iv afterward uh no 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 yeah we hey man when we go to vegas are we crazy or what we're playing shuffleboard um but yeah yeah we just avoid we avoid for the most part card games or games like that which is fine it's good for our marriage you know what's good for marriage some compromise make some concessions and i think mike in this instance way back to the question he had to ask a billion questions while watching ozark Come on, just just hang in, <laughs> just hang in for the hour and ask your questions afterward. Because I've I've been like Mike. I, I've definitely watched Game of Thrones together with with Danielle, and I I, I want to ask a billion questions, and I and mm-hmm. I, I have to bite my tongue uh, because she is she doesn't want to she doesn't want to talk during the show. Fair. Uh, so let's just make a concession, Mike. I, I believe in you. I believe in you. You can do it. You guys want to watch shows together. It's a great bonding time while you're not looking at each other whatsoever and just watching a TV. <laughs> so do it, man. You can do it. I believe in you. I, but the counter to that is you don't have to do it, okay? You don't have to do everything together. It's completely yeah. normal. Completely normal. If, if it doesn't work for whatever mm. reason, because, yeah, he asks a million questions, she wants to binge watch, he doesn't want to do that, then that's fine. That's totally cool, too. But you're right. Maybe just just concentrate a little more, Mike. Jesus. <laughs> okay, final question here. hey oh, no dunks. Trey here. Yeah, what? This, guy's, this guy's name Whoa. is Trey. Trey's nice. writing in. He's that bored. He's writing <laughs> <into his own laughs> I was listening to the podcast where Trey, our Trey, was talking about rooting for other people with the name Trey and was reminded that that's what got me into watching the starters. Us Trey's got to stick together. My question, however, is unrelated. Your No Buffs podcast has got me into Survivor, and I hate Adam Almost as much as Lee does. <laughs> but when he said he would miss hating him if he was voted off, I realized I felt the same way. What is something you hate but would miss it if it went away? That's from Trey Erickson from Cache mm. or Cache Valley, Utah. Mm, spells mm. it the exact same way as our Kirby here. Too. This is um, Wednesday night is becoming my favorite night of the week. Do you get it? Get, 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 knowing Survivor is <laughs> Wow. Uh, he loves yeah, it. Buddy. He loves it. 
Uh, I do. I mean, I think I think it is benefiting from the fact that there's literally nothing else at all going on right now. So it's that one sort of thing you look forward to each week. But I'm really pulling for Adam to again be on the periphery tonight. <laughs> okay. But to survive, I'm, okay. I'm really hoping that I that I'm just like furious at him throughout the show. Stop complaining, you little bitch. But don't get voted <laughs> off either. Just stay in there. Hang in there, bro, please. <laughs> what it's a crazy. love-hate it's relationship crazy. you have. Oh, I know, guy. I know. I just can't wait for him to get his ISO and when he starts complaining, and I'm just like, wow, what a little punk this guy is. I want to smack him in the face, you know? <laughs> but uh, but then at the end of the night, you know, I'd love it if it's a vote. I think, I guess there's 11 people left to vote. There was 12 last week. So I'd love it if it was like a... Uh, you know, five five tie, and then the other person gets that sixth vote, and Adam wow. survives. That'd be okay. that'd be my perfect scenario for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's excited to watch Survivor today. Does anyone else have an answer? Like not Survivor related? Tass mentioned him earlier. Max is nice. I'm not a big Max is nice fan. We don't need two basketball impersonators out there. We got one good one, B.A. He was killing it. Then we got this guy, Max is nice, sidles up and starts taking some of the shine. From Brandon Armstrong, no thank you. Get out of here, Max is nice. Max is not nice. Got him. They they started working (laughs) together, though, too, right? Did they not? I think it's true. That's just the way of the internet, man. Once you become big on one of these social media platforms, you got to start collaborating. Mm, Yeah. Uh, JD, Mm. do you have something? Or Tass? One of you guys? I got nothing. (laughs) You don't hate anything. (laughs) I I, I don't hate anything. You know... I was going to say basketball, but I don't hate basketball. I enjoy basketball. <laughs> well, are you missing it? Am I missing it? No, I'm not missing it at all. <laughs> um, I'll jump in. Back to basketball. Hate is a strong word, but I'm not a fan of conventional positions now. Uh, you know, Going through point guard to all the way to center. What's a power forward? I mean, what is it? What, what does it matter? Do we, do we, they just don't. That's a great question. What, what is a power forward? Uh, a guy who plays a little closer to the basket. He's got a strong man's game. He bully a little bit of a bully ball. I'm learning. Yeah, and uh, he plays closer to the hoop than the small forward, who plays a little bit further from the hoop. He's bigger than the small forward. What's the point? What What is the point in all this? But what you would sort of miss it, you're saying? Yeah, because it, all the problems that would come. If we eliminate it, we come with eliminating them. We'd have with also the the new invention. Like if the new terminology was ball handlers, wings and bigs, or guards, wings and bigs, mm. whatever it is, there would still be the 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 conversation of well, what is this guy? What is what is this guy? What what is Clay Thompson? Is Anthony a guard Davis or is a wing or a big? Yeah. yeah, human nature to try and categorize stuff is what you're saying. We can't. They did. Why can't they just all be basketball players? But you're not wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, but also it's it's good. I mean, it, it, Jalen Rose always says that it was invented to um, give a novice just let him or her follow the game. It just help would help them follow the game, and it's true. And it's it does it does. Uh, but guards and wings it would do the exact same thing. Like it would it would create the same sort of issue, I guess, as well. But still. I kind of want to change it just because it makes more sense to have James Garden. James Harden is he a point guard or shooting guard? I don't know, but he's a guard. He's a ball handler. Throw him in that, lump him there. But what's Clay Thompson now? Is he a wing? Is he a guard? Yeah, so yeah you're right. You're just going to have new issues, new problems. Yeah, exactly. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Well, I'll, to end this off, um, what is something you hate but would miss if it went away? I have maybe, I don't know, maybe a controversial answer to this. Hangovers. Mm. Now, you might be right away. Like, why the <laughs> hell would you hate getting rid of hangovers? And you're, yeah, at your first glance, yeah, you're like, yeah, let's get rid of hangovers. But I think we sort of need hangovers so we don't just are always just become, you know, alcoholics and you're just straight up drinking all the time. You need that balance in the world. You need to, like, have those rough nights, those crazy nights in Vegas like Lee had when he was going drink for drink with JD. And he needs to be reminded the next day <laughs> of like, oh, mm. damn, you know, I just, I can't do that all the time. Because it'd be weird if you could just do that all the time and wake up perfectly normal. That's still not healthy by any means, right? So you need the mm. little checks and balances here of, uh, of sometimes a vicious <laughs> hangover to remind you, hey, you're getting older now. You can't do this. You can't go back to back to back nights like you could when you were 16 or 17, 18, whatever, whenever mm. you started. Um, and I think that's important in life. You agree, disagree, Lee? Yeah, I was, I was physically and financially hungover after that one. So that that's the double whammy. You, you, I felt that all over the place in the bank account, in the head, in the body. Yeah, that was an awful one. And that's right. That's you know, you, you, next time, I don't know when we'll be in Vegas next, but it's like right, I'm not gonna go there on night one and just try to drink every single drink I can. And uh, when I'm when I'm already dehydrated on the drive to the hotel. <laughs> well, I can't wait for GD to try and get you drunk on night one whenever mm. we get back to Vegas. It's so not going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not. All right, well, that's an awesome batch of questions, guys, that you sent in once again. Uh, keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in, hashtag no dunks or at no dunks inc. Uh, like we told you off the top of the show, we dropped that bonus cricket podcast last night that Lee did one-on-one with a cricket mega fan, cricket folk hero, Rob Moody has that crazy collection. So go check that out. Uh, Coming up on Thursday, we will be recapping Survivor episode tonight on our No Buffs podcast. Can Adam survive once again? How angry will Lee be with Adam? (laughs) Tune in on Thursday to find out. And then on Friday, this is going to be fun. We are going to um, do a little check-in of the polls. So we will have a bunch of polls up on Twitter over the next couple of days because we're going to get your um, picks in terms of, I'm saying your, in terms of the fans out there, picks when it comes to the six major NBA awards. Um, So we're going to hand out some NBA hardware. You guys are going to vote in these polls. We'll check the polls on that Friday podcast and sort of see if we agree or disagree where the consensus is going in terms of the awards. And we'll have a lot of fun. We'll do MVP, Most Improved, you know, all of the major ones. So that'll be on Friday, but uh, lots in store for the rest of the week. Thank you so much for joining us, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we want to know if you'll listen to a podcast about composting. Email <laughs> nodunks at theathletic.com and give us the dirt on dirt. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay.